Hello and welcome to the Run With Ellie live show, the show that brings you stories from your everyday runners to professional athletes and other specialists in the running community who all share a common passion for the sport. I'm your host, Coach Allie. I hope my podcast can help you change the way you live and the way you move so in the long run, you're able to live a sustainable and healthy lifestyle that you deserve. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the love of running. Throughout my experience speaking with the individuals in the running community, I've found that many of us seek acceptance and relatability in some way, shape, or form. On Run With Alley Live, I tie together the common pain points and solutions through the stories told by the special guests on the show. Each individual has a unique running journey and shares how running impacts the mind and body in the sport and outside of it, both mentally and physically. So stop being so hard on yourself. Tune in right here weekly for new motivational episodes with special guests to inspire you to change your life for the long run. Thank you once again for joining us on Run With Ally Live. Please don't forget to support the show and our special show guests by clicking on the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you choose to listen to the show on. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Run With Ally Live. It is May 24th and... I cannot believe we're almost in June. That is just wild. Isn't that, Roberto? Uh, yeah, I, I've been enjoying the weather lately. I am uh, self-proclaimed Barcelona beach boy. I love summer, so I'm all about this sort of weather and longer days. Yeah, loving it. Yes, oh, longer days. Oh, and summer running. Such good things to talk about. Uh, but before we dive into today's special guest, everyone who is returning to the show, I want to thank you very much for returning. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And for those of you who are new on here, welcome to you as well. I ask that you subscribe to the show uh, so you never miss a new episode and so I can continue to support the guests on this show. So without further ado, I'm introducing to you... New York Runners Group Fitness Coach, Running Coach, an all-around fitness aficionado, an Olympian, I could truly say that, and a new friend in the running community, Roberto Manje. So, Roberto, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I love the intro. It makes me retrospective. But yeah, happy to be here. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking. I'm happy to have you on the show and to be recording this with you and, you know, just talking about running. Yeah, no, happy to be here. Uh, I, I live and breathe running. Um, fortunately, I, I do it now in a different capacity from uh, my prior life, as you had mentioned. And it's great because I could just give basically 100% of myself to uh, of my running to help and inspire other people now. And it's so much more fulfilling now that I'm on this side of, of running. But yeah, and it makes me uh, makes me become a big fan of your everyday runner, in a sense, people that I didn't interact with in that capacity in my prior life. So yeah, loving it, loving it right now and hope to continue doing it for a, a wee while longer. Yeah, you know, I could only imagine it's really a different um scenario kind of going from an Olympian and almost pro in a sport, but not, you know, pro at that level, or if not better to a coach and working with the everyday runner. I mean, it's, that's a very, very cool story, I must say. And that's why I'm so excited to have you share it on the show. So I would love for you to just explain a little bit about yourself. That being said, um, just very briefly, so everyone knows we have an Olympian on here um, and now coach uh, who's doing great things in the running community. 
Yes, sure. Uh, that's probably one of my biggest struggle to like explain things in a succinct fashion. I feel like in my now 40 years of living, I've packed a lot of life. So in short, uh, I was born in Barcelona. I grew up all over the world. So I like to fancy, I fancy myself as a global citizen. Um, growing up all over the world afforded me the opportunity to meet uh, different people, interact with different cultures, and of course, be exposed to different sports, uh, one of them being athletics or, or running. Um, and yeah, running kept finding its way into my life, jumping around all over Europe, all over Africa as, as a young kid with my folks and eventually just manifest itself that I had some, you know, ability in there as, as we were all fat when we were little kids, of course, but, um, I always had really good endurance and yeah, just evolved from that. Um, eventually, you know, took it to the high school level, varsity level, collegiate level, division one, uh, and then the Olympics for Equatorial Guinea in West Africa, where uh, my mom was born. So um, throughout my professional career, which I believe was about 12 years from 2004 till 2016, I lived and traveled all over the world, but I was based primarily in Boulder, Colorado, uh, which is just a fantastic place to live and train. Um, shout out to anybody listening who's from Colorado and specifically the Boulder community. And um but regardless of where I was living or, or setting up my training camps, which included places like Belgium, New Zealand, um, uh, you know, Southern Africa, Western Africa, uh, you name it, I was either base camp there or or, or travel or competed there. Um, it was always about me, me, me running. Uh, and understandably so that at that professional level, whether it's basketball, football, what have you, it, it's always about you, the athlete. So, um I always struggled a little bit with that because I felt I was aware of the selfish endeavor and nature of it, but I I could maybe make make uh, make amends for it later on in life, and that's why I thought like, okay, someday when I you know pull the pin and retire, I want to make sure I could give back to the sporting community, whether it was working for um, a major sportswear brand um, or you know aligning with an organization like the New York Roadrunners. So. Uh, I was fortunate enough to retire at the right time, have the stars aligned, the position opened up, and you know I recently got promoted to uh, head of uh, runner training and, and coach education. So essentially what that means is I oversee, I'm the head of training for New York Roadrunners, so I oversee all-in-person training, virtual training, coach development, things like that. I have a wonderful team that I work with. And through doing that, I was immediately able to have a uh, a meaningful and impactful, um, I guess, impact on on people's lives, and that is so fulfilling because I guess I've been able to um, hands on and also through my team and, and virtual training, be able to take people on a journey of self discovery and see them be able to accomplish them that they might have not ever thought they would be able to, or even um, Dare, allow themselves to you know dare to dream and i've seen that cycle after cycle when we're training people for the tcs uc marathon or any of our weekly races and you know you're obviously a coach so you know how fulfilling that is and, and rewarding when you're running for more than just yourself and now that i could do that it's it's fantastic so in a sense i'm almost able to like live my dream but also pay it forward um to a sport that has given me so much in, in my again prior life that's okay. So a few things. Um, Roberto, I would love to be an Olympic athlete. Wouldn't we all? I mean, but you know, yes, to your point, um, you know, it's rewarding to give back to the community in a way that you love so much or just in the same capacity because you love 
a sport so much and you were so good at it. And there's something I admire about athletes to coaches, especially like very elite ones like yourself, because you have something special to give that other coaches might not. And from an athlete standpoint, so like taking all of your experiences that enabled you to like excel at that level to your athletes, you know, in a different capacity is really, really cool. I want to say, and just different. Um, and so I have to ask, is there, are there like, I guess I don't want to say, is there a few, is there one thing that you learned as an athlete that has helped you in your coaching career to really help your athletes elevate their running? Um, that's a very good question. Pretty loaded, especially to find one, but I, I would say that running, um, unlike most sports and, and perhaps more than any other sport is so egalitarian in the sense that the uh, barrier of entry is so low and you get out of it, what you put into it. And you could do that and experience that whether you're an absolute elite or, or not, whether you're a novice and, and it's also a sport that you could enjoy if you start in, in your thirties or forties or, or what have you, um, or obviously if you start uh, younger. So one thing that I, I guess I would say that running has shown me when both at the elite professional level and now as a, uh, as a, you know, coach is that running meets you where you are and running is running for everybody. So if you're trying your very best and you're somebody like Usain Bolt, then his hundred percent is no different from like, your grandma's six hour marathon, you know, like they're both putting in the work and, and doing the best they can at hundred percent and running will reward them obviously to scale. So it's really awesome to see that in running have ha haven't had experienced that, but now being able to authentically share that with people and make them believe that and let them know that they could find true value in their success and they don't have to measure themselves against some arbitrary standard or what somebody else does where I think other sports that I still enjoy, but like tennis or basketball, you know, like you see people in the NBN is like, okay, like I will never be that good. And if I could hit three, three pointers or foul shots, like it's still not the same as like Steph Curry, but you know, but like when you're lining up for the, I, when you're the start line for the TCS and you see the marathon, you've trained really hard. You're ready on race day and your best, isn't any different than the elites who are going to compete for the win. Um, and also you get to share the same exact stage as them, you know, granted you might start half hour, an hour after them, but you get the same stage, the same spectators, the, the same venue. And it's just so fantastic. And that's something that when runners start to realize that they, they, it makes them appreciate their own journey that much more that you can't, you don't really get to see um, in other sports. Yeah. Wow. And that was very coach of you. And I love that. It was. Um, and That's the hat I'm wearing. Yes. Yes. And, you know, is that how you coach your athletes? <laughs> um, I would say, you know, I, I just said running meets you where you are. I, I coach my athletes, my personal philosophy, which obviously some of that uh, spills into the way uh, my team and I operate at, at New York Roadrunners is that we want to coach our athletes uh, by also meeting them where they are uh, with their goals, with their past experiences, expectations, but also um, also empower them to to become a student of the sport. So in theory, if I'm coaching somebody hypothetically one on one, 
after one or two cycles, they shouldn't really need me anymore because they've learned so much and they've learned to trust their their body and, and they learn what works. And, but I also try to coach my athletes in the sense that like every, no two runners are the same. So every runner is an individual um, system, if you will, speaking computer language. And I have to like learn that system, what makes them tick, how to motivate them, how to when to push them, when to hold them back. Because at the end of the day, human physiology is not that different. Uh, it's not different between you and me. Like I might be taller or heavier, this and that, but like the training principles are the same. It's just like, how do you apply this? And when do you apply it? And how much to apply it? And when to hold somebody back and figuring those, um, those sort of systems out within a person is what makes in my opinion what part of the reason what makes um somebody a good coach and and what could lead an athlete to finding um success when maybe they've been running for a while and they've never found that success or they plateaued that's a great philosophy i could say i heavily relate to that um as an athlete and a coach to be honest with you because that's i think that layer of customization and just really getting to know someone like not everything about their life but just a little bit more holistically as a person and a runner will help you lead them to success as a you know ultimately to see their goals if they're not getting there for some reason which is pretty yeah. cool yeah and I said, maybe I'll just flip the, the script over, but maybe the listeners who have been following you for a while, you could tell us how you got into running, coaching, and podcasting. So, the, Wow, the, the that was a threefold question. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Okay. Um, how I got into running. Um, I used to be a competitive swimmer and hate running in middle school, high school, like hated it. Um, partied all throughout college, did not run, started running for stress relief. <laughs> um, in corporate America. And wow. Um, I just started running very leisurely, started running ultras, not need, like really even knowing that I was kind of developing this, you know, endurance, this like ridiculous base. And I got into the New York city 2015 marathon and I finished in under four hours and I was terribly trained for it. Like couldn't stand up after the finish line. It was just terrible. Hit the wall at 18, all of that. Oh my gosh. I, my goal was to finish it and I did, but I would have liked to stand up at the end too. So yeah. then, <laughs> um, I kind of got the bug. I just got the bug like anyone else. And that was 2015. It wasn't that long ago. Um, and I loved running. I completely took a 180, stopped drinking, stopped smoking because I did those things leisurely, not going to lie. And, I left corporate America because first of all, I was in this like kind of rut in my job where I just like hated life. I was looking at the clock and I was waiting for 5 p.m. to like hit. I'm not kidding. And I wanted to do something to help people live healthier lives because I was so inspired by myself at that time. Because I was like, holy crap, I just ran 26.2 miles. So during this transition, I started working at Equinox and, you know, started to become a personal trainer and like learn the body from the ground up and just learn like the basics of like how to train someone. Um, concurrently, I was, you know, running marathons throughout my time, quitting my job. So I ran the Los Angeles marathon um, after New York City, ran San Diego for the first time, ran Boston. I self-coached myself to Boston, which was um, really difficult, but special. And I was in utter shock when I went to the Boston Marathon because of just everything at the start. People praying, the runner's village, just 
seeing the elite athletes, seeing them in person. I was like, wow, like people could run to like sub three marathons. That's cool. You know, I, I had no idea. And then, um, at Equinox, I actually know I met Alyssa who you and I both know. And I toyed with my recovery, my eating. Um, it just kind of went South all of it. And I got injured lo and behold. And I was sidelined for a year and a half. I was in a mentally tough space, but at that time, fortunately I was working at a gym. So I was strength training. I, I leveraged everyone around me and all the resources to like help me like rehab myself, I guess, back to healthy. If you want to call it, I worked with doctors of physical therapy, not just at Equinox, but prehab shout out to them. Um, and then I just kind of the nutrition just came along with that through therapy outside of that, um, came back to my marathon game by coaching my first runner ever through 26.2 miles to a sub through a sub four hour marathon, which was so amazing, scary, um, difficult, but rewarding at the same time in a different way, because I was like, I was running it as a coach. So just giving someone bananas even, or just making some I'm sure like someone looked okay. And like, we were like hitting the paces and having them okay with cursing me out maybe five times pair. I know you're listening to this and yes, you're probably laughing, but you know, we made it, um, three across the finish line and, um, pair is one kidney. And so, you know, um, he obviously, you know, had to really refuel, um, while signing up for his next marathon, his wife was calling me on the phone, like, hi, is my husband? Okay. And I was like, yes, Miss Tetzlaff, he's fine. You know, that was a whole just experience as a coach. Uh, my next marathon after that, I ran just to see how I could match my PR, see like what I'd be up against. Um, and I came close, but I plateaued, speaking of plateauing in fitness. And then I hired a coach and Jason Carp still coaches me today. He's been coaching me for two and a half years. Um, he coached me through the last marathon that I went for, which was a sub three hour attempt because that's how marathoners think they're all or nothing. And, you know, even as a coach, I'm just laughing saying this because it was a really aggressive goal. Um, I got a 302.48 and now I'm training to run Chicago. <laughs> And hopefully get a break sub or run a sub three this time. But the most rewarding thing about all this was getting the opportunity to coach individuals and getting that chance just to, you know, honestly, this is a weird way of looking at it, but throwing myself into the fire, failing five times, maybe having one success that day and then failing five more times and just being persistent and being consistent also about putting my best foot forward every day and just being open to learning and open to being the underdog in the room because I really, I like, I still am. I was, I came to running later in life. So that's honestly like my coaching evolved with my marathon running and it's like kind of evolving at the same time, which is, it's a lot of running all at once. Um, and you know, along with this building my own brand run with Ali LLC, which has been up and running for three plus years now came my podcast. I started to just do IG lives and I was like, what am I doing? Like this, you know, I'm, I'm starting to have great people come on here. I want people to hear this information. And so I created a podcast, uh, right now it's a hobby. I it's, we're in the Apple store as in my podcast is in the Apple store. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm just continuing to 
you know, coach more runners, build my brand and also enjoy the process of training somehow too. Um, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for all that. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of what resonates with me uh, is that your experiment of one and you're on your own journey of like self-discovery and, and self-improvement. And along the way, you're taking people with you uh, via coaching so positive impact there and obviously via your podcast. So yeah, shout out to you. Keep keep on going. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope uh, to the listeners on here, I hope you appreciated that story. That was, you know, first time I've been asked that question. So Roberto, congratulations. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've done a few podcasts in the past. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure you've had plenty, um, you know, plenty of them. So um, I have to ask you as a coach, what's your favorite distance to coach runners at um yeah solid question to be honest i i don't have one because runners are so different uh there's some people who find it fulfilling to accomplish a 5k and i get so invested when i'm coaching runners or a runner that i live and breathe that distance with them um similarly with obviously the ultimate one the 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 marathon because that is such a metaphorical and, and literal journey that they're on for weeks and months and then obviously on, on race day it's just a long distance and so many variables so you know you you live and die by that and sometimes if they have a fantastic race you're just like hello i'm gonna forward all my mail to cloud nine but then sometimes if they don't you're like good grief like i can't we can't wait a week and, and then try again like you could with a potentially with a 5k or something like that so i i think my favorite distance is really whatever is the distance of choice for an individual athlete um so yeah it's, it's not a very straightforward answer but it's again it's so much more about the athlete right now um but i do i will say i, I do appreciate the marathon even though the stakes are so high because there's such an investment personal financial you know time etc but like when you get that right you see that runner accomplish a lifelong goal and or just break through times and barriers that they didn't realize they could do that's just like takes the cake and and obviously we get to see that you know vis-a-vis uh our marathon in, in here in new york so it's just like home court home marathon our local runners accomplishing their goals like just check 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 Yes, that's a great answer, by the way. Like, I love that answer. It's really also unique because um, it's really about the individual. And that's that's a coach. That's a very like I have to say, I already know you're a good coach by saying that because, yeah, you care about your people that you coach. And that says a lot. You know, I think that's something I value. Um, yeah. But, you know, what I was just thinking is New York City, is it's crazy that we are in the city that has a New York City Marathon because I feel like everybody wants to run the New York City Marathon that I've spoken to around the world. It's like, get me into London over here, you know? But meanwhile, we're here like in New York City. The, I mean, it's the, everyone wants to run it. It's the best city in the world, supposedly. Um, and, I, and I think it's great. It's just, um, wow. I mean, have you had an experience coaching international athletes for the New York City Marathon? Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, primarily through our virtual trainers the last few years. So, you know, this October, I'll, I'll be six years with, with the organization. So, you know, I'm a little over five and a half years now. So, yeah, year in and year out, we coach international runners that come in for United Airlines NYC half, which is a half marathon that occurred um, in March. 
and and obviously the marathon. So it's great because it's such again, I keep using this word, but it's such a journey for them, um, but even more so for them, like literally because they've invested so much time and money into into this trip to come to New York. And obviously they don't come in for a, a night or two before the race. They come in and make a week of it and they get to explore the city. So you get to see their excitement and and the finish line, the start line, the city, everything, draw them in from, you know, Norway or, or South Africa or wherever in the world they're training. And when they come and they greet you and then and they meet you in person, it's really, really rewarding because for weeks and months you you've been maybe corresponding with them via you know zoom and and virtual or but it's really also so um one dimensional you know I, i'll do facebook live chats and and course strategies in, in different languages and things like that but it's always just me staring at the camera and interacting with my colleagues but these people get to know you for weeks and months and in some cases years so it's really cool when they come up to you and they know who you are and they're like hey you've been helping me and i'm so and so and you're like oh yeah we have interacted or or, you know, like if there's a more intimate relationship, like, hey, welcome. Like, how are we doing? Let's let's just remember, like, it is the greatest marathon in the world. It is, the, you know, the, as I say, the greatest city in the world, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it's just running and it's just getting yourself from the point A to point B. And you have to cover the same distance as everybody else. So it's like when you kind of boil it down to that, it makes it a little bit more um manageable and you could kind of doesn't take the luster and the shine away from but it makes it like, okay this is something i have been training for i've done the training i have i could trust in that and i i don't have to get so maybe overwhelmed by the lights the the glitter the other athletes the elite athletes like everything that is special about the the city of new york um and then after that hey and enjoy the rest of your days before you head back to you know your your home country you hopefully have fantastic memories and 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 a good time yeah. Wow. That's a lot. And also I love the fact that you have Facebook lives with your athletes. I've actually been thinking about like how I reach international athletes and like, just like a, besides a WhatsApp way of doing it. And like Facebook is great. It's a really great platform and tool. Um, I think so that's cool to like learn that, you know, there's other coaches doing that. Um, because I think, yeah, it's just to get international and like to not have Wi-Fi issues or whatever, whatever yeah. it is that's you know it's just always hard to find those kind of platforms things yeah i mean the beauty is that you know within reason technology could just really bring the world to your dorm room your office your home office what have you so it's really a great way to connect with runners um all over the country all over the world and then you know in, in my case I, I have the added or the bonus of being international myself. So all my family, um, other than my wife and kids are overseas. Um, I speak a few different languages. So it's actually just as normal for me to communicate with people in, in Spanish or other languages as it is doing this podcast with you um, in English and running is universal. And like I said, it has a lower barrier to entry and sports in general really break down barriers. But when you can actually communicate with somebody in their native language, um, even if they have a good grasp of English, as is the case with, with a lot of the, our runners, it makes it that much more genuine and the connection point is that much stronger because, as I've said, running meets you where you are, I was like, wow, this coach or this program or this product is actually meeting me in my language where I am and I don't have to work that hard to to kind of translate. And, and you know, this past weekend with uh, the RBC Brooklyn Half Marathon, I was able to communicate with runners who came in from Germany and runners who came in from various um Latin American countries speaking Spanish or even Spain itself. So it's really great to be able to 
answer a few questions really quickly and put them at ease in their native language instead of have to, you know, hope they, they understood me or hopefully that I understood them in, you know, in, in, in English when maybe that's not their native language. I mean, it certainly is not my native language, which some people are surprised to hear, but. I'm shocked. And that is amazing. You know, I've actually always said I want to learn another language, not just like for running, but just because my dad lives in Thailand. His wife is Thai. Like that was the first prompt that like I kind of was like, oh, I want to learn Thai. And then, you know, like my boyfriend, you know, he's Puerto Rican, so I should probably learn Spanish. And it's like you probably should. Yeah. Like all of these all of these languages. And that's just amazing that you could speak um, languages because it lowers the barrier to entry even more and it makes it more accessible to more runners. And that's just so special. I love that. And to be honest, the beauty about languages, again, within reason, um, you could always start and learn my language. Um, You know, I I started learning German in my early 30s um, because I was living there. So I had to learn it. And my background was primarily in romance languages. So learning German, I was like, oh, Lord, this is hard. I feel like a little kid. But that's literally how I started reading little kid books because they break things down so easily, listen to little kid songs that eventually, you know, graduate to to movies and TV shows. But obviously I was also, uh, you know, I, I downloaded an app uh, called Duolingo. They're not paying me to say this. And yeah, I just, you know, learn. obviously immersion makes it a little bit more, uh, it, it makes it a little bit easier than if you're just living in, in New York City and you're like, hey, I'm going to learn Taiwanese. And it's like, well, like, what's the incentive and the, the urgency? But yeah, I, I, you know, it's something that's one of my hobbies, you know, being a polyglot and, and being able to connect with people in different languages, whether it's across sport or, or not just being able to speak with them in their native language. That's a really cool skill to have. I might have to, you know, look into Duolingo or, you know, Rosetta Stone or something soon. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but this is a really good conversation. And I do want to ask you from a coach's standpoint, and, you know, I always wonder, I, I almost think I should have like a coach's corner on here um, just because I think there's so, so much different valuable advice that coaches together could bring and not being com- competition about, if that makes sense, such as handling mental toughness and kind of helping an athlete, for example, in a marathon, th- um, strategize a mental toughness strategy through, you know, mile 18 to 26.2. Um, so I just, on a very top level and being that it's mental health awareness month, I just figured this would be something good to wrap up with today. And just because I think running distance running, is a huge mental sport running in general is you, I personally get up very in my head. I know a lot of my athletes do. And sometimes I want to say, I have to sit back and like really think depending on the athlete, on how I want to suggest employing a mental strategy to get them through the end of the finish line or a marathon. Um, so I guess what are your, your, I guess your basic three general rules of thumb to guide an athlete to kind of stay in the mile they're in, if that makes sense and to mentally tough it out at the end of a marathon. Yeah. Um, you know, another good question. I sound like a broken record. Um, I'm trying to see the best way to respond to this and not make it like my top 17 tips. But um, in no particular order, what I would say is, you know, 
yeah, the mental aspect in sport in general, but specifically to running, it's massive. And I think a lot of times runners, especially when they're um, newer into it, they just think physical, physical, physical. I need to run, 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 run. And that's how I get better. And and to a certain extent, yes, but like recovery happens. I mean, um, the gains happen in the recovery. So just how you have to get stronger through running and recover, you have to do the same thing on the mental side. So I think that's something that needs to be focused. So when I'm working with runners um, or answering panel questions, I, I always say that you have to, number one, be kind to yourself. And this is speaking in uh, both in general, but also from, from experience. Um, so, you know, you, something you mentioned, like you get in, into your head. I think everybody gets into their head, whether you're an athlete or not. There's social comparison, social par- pressure, et cetera, et cetera. You know, imposter syndrome. There's like loads of things out there. So with me, I try to say like, okay, first and foremost, like be kind to yourself. That doesn't mean shut everything else, everything out because it might be impossible, but it just means be aware of what thoughts are going through your head and not necessarily embrace them, but be aware of them. And then be able to pivot from like, okay, is this helpful to me in general for mental health, positivity, or, um, and also obviously on the sporting side, or is this not helpful? So it's like, I think sometimes, you know, I've coached people who are like, oh, that workout sucked. I sucked. And it's like, they don't really mean it, but they're also saying it. And even that subconscious talk, like, so it's like, hey, so if I'm physically there, or, or, or yeah, literally there, I'll say like, hey, how about we rephrase that? You know, we reframe that. So teach them how to reframe um, language and being aware of language and, and thought. So it's like, hey, that was a difficult workout. Maybe today wasn't my best day, but I did the best I could and we'll move forward. And it's like, it takes time and time and time to practice that it becomes where it becomes a little bit more automatic and, and you are aware of it in the moment of those thoughts and you could immediately pivot. But doing that, you already have a better, a more positive mindset, which is obviously going to help you. And then mental toughness, um, you know, obviously the last eight miles, 10, uh, 10 kilometers, six miles, what have you of the marathon is just challenging for just about anybody unless you're having a banner day. But I think what you get confidence and mental strength from the workouts and the training and runs and the long runs, et cetera, you've done that. So I, when I'm, again, working with people, whether it's on the, like, the psychology side um, or obviously just as a straight coach, is just like, hey, in today's long run, like we're purposely going to get you pretty fatigued for the last few miles. That way you your body and your mind understands it. Because when you get to that point, it doesn't matter if it's the last four miles of an 18 mile run or the last four miles of a 14 mile run, like your body's tired, your mind's tired, it's under stress. So you, you, you do that, you survive it, you recover, you become stronger, both physically and metaphysically, but also in that we impact lessons of like, why did I do this? Why did we have you do this? And it's okay. This is exactly how you were supposed to feel. And yes, those thoughts, negative thoughts of why am I doing this? Like, I mean, over my head, like those are okay to have as well, because now we kind of be able, we could, um, address those and tackle them so the next time we do this similar run two weeks from now or or a month from now or whenever we will take that and go further and say the last four of a 14 mile it might be the last four of an 18 or the the last four of a 22 mile run but like you just do that a couple cycles and always stay on top of the mental side with you know the vis-a-vis conversation and the person just has to eventually just get stronger both again physically but they also get stronger mentally and they also gain that confidence so come race day, everybody's nervous, but you're nervous because you care about the outcome. You're nervous in a way that you don't ever feel in a training run or a long run because you care about the outcome and your body's aware that, hey, today is the day. So that's where I say, hey, 
like I said earlier, whether they're coming from Norway or South Africa, it's like, hey, at the end of the day, like we've been here before, you've been here before, you've done the long runs, fall back on the training that you've done, trust in your training, trust in yourself, you're an experiment of one, like I said earlier about you, and know that when you get to the latter stages, it's going to hurt, it might be uncomfortable, this and that, but like you've also practiced that, so you already have the tool set, the skill set and the tools to be able to address that, like, okay, I'm having a rough patch. I've had that before. I know that it's coming somewhere in these latter miles. No surprise. I know how to pivot. I know how to keep my mind fresh. I know how to distract myself. So like, you know, you work on those tools of those skill sets that have within, in a way have nothing to do with your physical legs moving, but by carrying less stress, by being kinder to yourself, you're suddenly essentially freer of, of, of energy. And you're not really getting negative and being like, oh, like I wasted my money. I shouldn't be out here. That person looks better than me. Like you're just so, you know, living rent free in your own head. Um, so yeah, like, again, that those are some of the ways that I address it. Because as I said, human physiology is the same regardless of your body type, um, you know, again, within reason. But what makes differentiates two athletes who might have the exact same PBs and the exact same potential is sometimes that as that mental aspect, who's kinder to themselves, who's worked on that, who's focused it, put focus more on it, because then they're able to get, they're essentially able to be more efficient. If you think about two similar cars running, racing down the motorway, the car that's driving more efficiently and doesn't have the AC on and the windows down and the doors open and the hood open, like that car is still going to be going 75 miles per hour, but it's using maybe more gasoline where the other car is like, aerodynamic windows up blah 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 blah. you know and like they're going at the same thing but using less um less gasoline so it's like eventually one car or one run in this case is going to be able to get the more out of themselves and if the race day uh lines up and the stars line up then boom they hit a personal best or a certain milestone but um yeah that's essentially how i i approach the the mental side like you know from a place of awareness kindness and 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 just being able to reframe the the narrative and the language that you that we use to describe things in ourselves. Yeah, I love that. Um, and also, just uh, consistency was definitely in there too. That's like what I picked up on. Just like consistently over and over, getting used to that feeling of hurt, being aware of those thoughts, knowing how to pivot because you've done it so many times in your training. And so, like you yeah. said, trusting your training is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I love that. You know, one quote that I I often say, and I try to be mindful because of the terminology, um, but is genetics loads the gun and lifestyle pulls the trigger. So we're all born with the genetics that we have, you know, like I'm this height, you're that height, whatever. Um, But the lifestyle is what really takes you across that start line and really across that finish line. And you could be that total runner, be completely immersed for those three weeks, uh, three months or, or four months or however long your cycle is. And, and when you do that, if you're doing it and executing properly across, you know, all metrics, you're going to, you have a better chance of being that person who maybe is more genetically gifted than you, who isn't, you know, checking off all, all their boxes. So, you know, the, the other, ver- other quote to that is, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And, I think those are something that I, I like to tell people, but then also like add the caveat, like it's not just hard work, like running yourself into the ground. It's like hard, smart work. Mm, that's really good. Like, tr- yeah. Talk about training smart. That's, yeah. those are great 
mantras. I might use some of those. Like, honestly, like on my coach, like in my coaching for me in my head, that's like amazing advice. Thank you. That was really insightful. I like that a lot. Just helping coaches. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure the listeners on here, anyone running the New York City Marathon in the fall or interested in potentially running a marathon, Roberto just shared really insightful advice and mental toughness and training strategies that really kind of reflect on the holistic aspect of training and not just the fitness part, because it's not just the fitness. So yeah, yeah I'm Roberto. I guess I, I, I would say, cause you know, I don't want to, I want to make sure that listeners, especially if they're novice runners, like mental toughness is, is, is stigmatized as like tough. You have to like run through like, and I think again, when I say be kind to yourself, it means overall, as you say, holistically. So it's like, it's okay to have bad days. It's okay not to feel great. It's okay. But like when you are in those spaces, be aware and that's when you actually almost have to double down and be kind to yourself and, and allow that space so yeah when you do the training and the workouts like you will get tougher but that's just as a result of training you know like if you lift weights every other day you're naturally going to get stronger you know with the recovering there so the same thing when you're working on the mental side of things like you have to be okay and, and aware that like today's not a great day and why so like you will become mentally stronger um and that means capable to like face whatever uh, events and thoughts are coming to you on the day or the week or what have you um but yeah so i just want to make sure people understand that distinction because you know coming from um not coming from like for the american football you know like that macho like toughness like that's not the same as like mental toughness like you could be mentally tough and still be vulnerable it's just how you acknowledge where you are at that moment in time and how you allow yourself to pivot in order to be kind to yourself. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for catching that. Um, not just running yourself into the ground. Do you think discipline's a huge part of that mental toughness strategy? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, uh, like if you keep showing up, which I think that's a quote from, um, Desiree Linden, keep showing up like that discipline time and time again, like I I'm so inspired by some of my contemporaries like Sarah Hall, uh, Kira D'Amato, um, you know, other other women like that who are around my age, uh, maybe a year or so younger, but they have had, some of them have had like illustrious careers since high school. Some of them have been good runners in high school and then, you know, not quite at that level, but then like they just keep showing up and then just having that consistency, consistency, and also that self-belief in, in themselves. And like, you're seeing them break out in the last couple of years, Sarah Hall getting a couple of American records. Again, she's been at the top level for a while, but Kira D'Amato, uh, I've known her since the early 2000s and like just seeing the way she's been able to break through and then some and inspire other women and other mothers and just show like, hey, she trusted herself. She did the work while nobody was looking. And, and it's just so inspiring for me because, um, again, I'm a fan of the sport from top down, you know, and, and that's the beat about running like if you're running and giving your 100%, then your 100% is no different than Kira's or Bolt or, you know, name your top athlete. And and that's the beauty about running that that start line is the same and that finish line is the same for everybody. And, and those 26.2 miles in between or five kilometers or what have you, um, you know, that's running is just beautiful in that in that egalitarian way. Yes, absolutely. Sarah Hall is my biggest inspiration. She's the reason why I like literally got into the Chicago Marathon probably because I was like, oh my gosh, she ran. I got a time qualify. And then I was like, I did, I did. 
Like literally, yeah. she just crushes it day in day out. Same with Cara D'Amato. But yeah, those are two great ones, by the way. Those are like two. I just look up to them and like as just women who are yes, close to forty, but age doesn't matter. They're working just as hard as we are. Anyone else is listening on here yeah. wanting to run a marathon. It's hard for everyone, and everyone's running the same race. Yeah, it's, like literally, it's, uh, not you the know proverbial human race too. You know, like we're all in a in a quest for self-improvement and and we're all an experiment of one and they these women and many others have gone to where they are because they've also taken care of their physical and mental health but they're not bulletproof they've had up up years down years up weeks down weeks races etc but like they keep showing up they're persevering they're uh, yeah they keep persevering and yeah it's inspiring because at the end of the day what they're doing can be done by um anybody it's just like obviously the level is different but like if your goal is to break four hours and you've been at 420 for a while, like it doesn't mean that you can't, you just keep showing up and you never know, you know, what those intangibles are that will take you from 420 to 416 or 417 or, or, or rather 359 or, or what have you. And the beauty with running and specifically in the marathon is like the journey is such a big part of that, um, part of it into the destination that maybe at some point you'll learn like 403 was my absolute ceiling but boy, was that an awesome journey. And I learned so much about myself and I was tougher than I thought. And that 403 for that 420 marathoner is worth as much in gold as maybe Kira's American record in the marathon or, or Sarah Hall's in the half marathon. You know, it's just, it's you hitting your, your zenith. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely. And the journey never ends. Yeah. <laughs> Goals could always pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one final question um, that I want to, you know, ask you, why did you say yes to coming on the Run With Allie live podcast? I um, know it's just very direct. You could say whatever you want. No hurt yeah, feelings. No, no, <laughs> no hurt feelings. Um, just because I, I, you know, I think you contact me via Instagram DM and not that many. I mean, I get a lot of random DMs. I'll, I'll be honest, you know, like some of them are just bananas. Some of them are like, you know, running community. And I always want to do whatever I can to pay it forward. And I saw who you were and what you were about and, and what you're trying to do or doing. And I thought, yeah, this lines up with what I'm currently doing, which is like just sharing knowledge with runners and sharing my experience. So I think anytime I could do something to share the the my knowledge of running but my love of running and, and my journey and and reach even if it's just one person it's one more person that I, I reached today via this platform or that platform and it's just you know the the ripple effect so i thought hey if i get on with with ali like even if it's zero people listening which obviously isn't the case like maybe just through the conversation with ali it'll help her become a better coach and help her be able to influence people in her life. So it's like, you know, that, that pebble in the, in the lake is like those ripples. But, um, so yeah, so like I rarely say no to these sort of, um, requests provided it works within, within my schedule, just because this is the mission I'm on, which is like, I want to give back to running in as many diverse ways as possible. Um, and, I'm also always flattered and, and genuinely surprised when anybody actually wants to hear from me, you know, because like at the end of the day, I am just, you know, a, a kid born in Barcelona and grew up all over the world who loves sports and running happened to be the one I took the furthest. But like I'm just like everybody else on, on that journey of life of self-discovery and, and wanting to do as much good and pay for it as much as possible. 
That's a humble thing to say. But, you know, I, I'm very appreciative that you responded to me. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. I know you initially asked me that and what you could give back. And I think that you just not only gave your insight and advice as a coach and, you know, all so much as a coach, but also as an athlete and a person, like genuinely who you are and what you're about. And yeah, I really appreciate everything that you've said today and just talked about. So thank you. All right. Well, yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me on. And thank you to the listeners. Obviously, I'm not interacting with you, but if our paths cross in person at a upcoming race or expo or what have you, please come up and, and say hi, because I always love um, interacting with people in person. Amazing. And yes, to the listeners, thank you so much. Roberto's information will be in the show notes in this recording. So please reach out to him and be mindful of his time. And <laughs> I am a father of three. <laughs> yes, he's a father of three. And, you know, he does have a work-life balance here, but, you know, don't we all. So yes, be mindful of his time and he will definitely get back to you. And on that note, I will see you at the same time, same place next week. Thanks so much for joining today. Thank you. Don't forget to become a member on my website to get updates on my weekly new special episodes on the show, sharing fun running feats, training methodologies, and all things running related to help you keep your running fun. Reference the link in the show notes to become a member of the Run With Alley community so you can connect with other like-minded individuals who love running just as much as you do. Again, do not forget to subscribe to the show by clicking the follow plus button, Apple Podcasts or subscribing on whichever platform you're listening to the show on. Please leave a review under the episode in whichever directory you're listening to the show in so I could better provide you with the top-notch content I strive to deliver you week in and week out. Thank you again for listening to Run With Ally Live. If you are looking for the perfect solution to finish your first marathon injury-free, even if you've tried to get in shape in the past and failed, Sign up and get access to your free 24-week program now by clicking in the link in the show notes under this episode. Sign up now. All you need to submit is your email and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you so much for listening to Run With Alley Live. See you next time.